There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. Tonight, I What's happening, all my woods people? Today I'm sitting in the truck again, in the heat, with my buddy and my co-host, KC Smith. What's happening, dude? You've been kind of busy today, I've huh? been all around the world, and I still have not shot my bow today, which is bugging the tar really? out of me. Yes. Uh, hopefully, I will at least... So I've got this thing going now to where I've shot a bunch, and I'm not shooting like near as many repetitions, but I want to go do a difficult shot cold bore. Mm-hmm. So like I've been shooting 80 cold bore lately and doing pretty good yeah, yeah solid. so it's been it's been fun yeah. uh, i'm having fun with it that's good not saying that's i'm going to shoot something at 80 yards but if you can hit it 80 hopefully you can hit it 40 yeah yeah, yeah. hopefully we can hit it 14 because Ooh, that's what i'm yeah. looking to do this weekend we're going <laughs> to the Gila this weekend <laughs> we've been talking about it for months and months but um you know the we thought it was going to kind of kick off our season but uh i had the pleasure of going to um Nebraska this past weekend and so on the phone right now we've got Anthony Warren a buddy of mine uh, for several years who is um, uh, who has been on the podcast before we did uh, something this spring when we all got to do a turkey hunt together and so Anthony and I got to meet each other up there in Nebraska and uh, do a little public land deer hunting early season you know early September neither of us had hunted this early ever before uh, which is a neat thing in some ways and uh, kind of a difficult or, or tough thing in other ways. 
Um, KC, unfortunately, did not get to go. I did not get to go. I have a lot of life things happening right now and a uh, big-time elk hunt like we talked about. But I was involved in the trip. Yeah, yeah. I uh, got to talk to you about stuff a lot. And then on... We talked on the last podcast was about... I think that was the first day that I hunted. that was your first hunt. Yeah. And then now this is the last hunt that we're talking about, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're And uh, I think Saturday around 1.30, I got a call from Anthony. Anthony was down in the dumps. He's like, man, we've been searching all morning. I think Tyler and I are going to go get some lunch. It's fixing to rain. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> I killed <laughs> yeah. one or something. I don't know how. How'd you do, how'd you Dude, do it? So I don't remember. It. it was good though. It was pretty slick. Uh, man, I just kind of led on for a little bit, but um, you know, we really did actually have have a little bit of trouble uh, finding that deer. Um, which, uh, oddly enough, you know, I felt really good about the shot, and uh, and Tyler kind of played. <laughs> Is it back odd for you to feel good about a shot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just felt real solid about it. You yeah, know? it's no, like one of those shots you put on a deer, and you're like, I mean, I think I looked at Tyler and I said, he's not going to go 45 yards. And after I had talked with Tyler and said that, um, you know, that that deer wasn't going to make it 45 yards, um, we actually ended up having a bit more trouble um, finding finding the deer. And then finally, um, you know, we ended up finding him like 65 yards away. So it was just kind of an under we kind of it all worked out in the end and and we got the deer so um but yeah it was kind of a kind of a nasty trick i i wanted to play because you were kind of <laughs> on it but uh you know i i just knew uh i was like man i'm gonna i know casey's pretty chomping at the bit to, to hear about this thing so i'm gonna i'm gonna lead him on a little bit i was man like i don't know if y'all can understand how like FOMO. Yes. It was like, <laughs> it wasn't that like I was mad at y'all for hunting, but I wanted to be hunting with you or at least something so badly. Like it was unreal. Like, mm-hmm. and it, I felt like driving around, all I did was see deer the whole time I was driving around. Y'all were up there. It's like, Dad, come on, I could shoot that one right now if we had a season. <laughs> yeah. And just could not do it. But I appreciate you letting me in on it, man. Yeah, so. Dude. so this is, this is, obviously we were successful and we've kind of teased this on Instagram and stuff now. Um, but Anthony, I know that you are chomping to fill KC in on the rest of the story because really KC was mostly involved in the like, Hey dude, we're having trouble finding this deer. And then an hour later you kind of like pulled his leg and told him we found it. And, but we really were having trouble, you know, finding that deer. So we were kind of in case he had some really good ideas. I knew he would. That's why I call him all the time when I'm hunting. Cause I'm like, this dude's going to have some kind of fresh perspective that I'm not looking at, you know, and I want to hear everything I can and see everything I can. And so, uh, he was really more involved in the tracking stuff because, um, we like announced it to the world before we announced it to Casey. <laughs> we were, he For was like, real. He's like, sent us a group message. He was like, message. And he was like, bros, keep me in the dark on this thing. <laughs> so, uh, it was, it was a very busy morning, which I mean, it was, uh, it was really unintentional, but we were just kind of trying to make sure that we were crossing all the yeah. all the t's and dotting all the i's i was highly so. offended but i got over it so it's fine <laughs> don't worry <laughs> so anyway take us back to uh that morning i guess and and uh, run us through the scenario and fill us in all the way up to where kc uh kind of enters the story 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it actually still feels like it was just yesterday. Um, you know, those were some long days up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything runs a little foggy. But, um, you know, that morning we had actually hunted there the night before and uh, we'd seen a ton of deer. I, I think I think we lost count at 30 something. And it was just it was absolutely crazy. I've never had an experience where I've been able to see so many deer. And, uh, you know, once we we kind of determined that we we decided that we we're going to hunt that spot. Um, you know, for a few different reasons, we had a, a pretty good wind. Um, you know, it, we had terrain that kind of choked down right there next to the lake. And then, um, and then we felt like that wind was going to blow, you know, a lot of the bugs off of, um, you know, off of that point and keep them off the deer, which it actually, I think that was, you know, pretty close to what happened. Cause I know as compared to a couple of the other spots, we, uh, we really, kind of didn't get eaten as much as we did and and so that was nice and i know that was a relief you know for the the deer as well so um with uh with as much trouble as we we were really having locating mature bucks we decided that you know hey we're going to come back the wind is a slight variation off from what we sat tonight but i i you know we thought it was huntable and uh and and so we decided the next morning um you know that morning that i i killed my deer that you know, that's where we were going to go sit again. Um, and sure enough, you know, we got in early enough. We, we'd had the, the stands hanging there. So, um, it was really just a matter of, of getting up and getting set and, and being quiet. And, uh, you know, once that happened, it wasn't long in, until, you know, deer started piling out of the, uh, the Milo field kind of, you know, just picking around in the alfalfa. And, uh, and it seemed like they were kind of enjoying some of that breeze that was coming, uh, from the east off that lake so it was uh it kind of worked exactly like we had thought it would you know so pretty much once we got set and uh you know deer started piling out in front of us we uh we sat there and, and i had told tyler i said you know um we're running short and uh at this point like i just want to take a deer back home um you know as, as much trouble as we kind of had finding you know mature bucks we we just decided like, Hey, if we have an opportunity at, at any deer, you know, we're just going to fill the tag and, and we're going to be happy and, and, uh, make sure that we go home with something. Um, and, and I told Tyler, I'm like, man, first doe that steps out, I'm, I'm going to shoot it. And, uh, you know, kind of at that point, uh, we had a couple deer that came out and, and one in particular worked in the range. I told Tyler, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot that deer. And, uh, it was kind of funny. I think moments before that, uh, Tyler actually passed his release over to me, um, kind of a side story. The first day that we hunted together, I actually ended up losing my release in my range finder. It oh, was, no. yeah, it was a pretty, pretty rough start to the, <laughs> the trip <laughs> and the evening before, uh, you know, before I lost my release, I'd actually got stuck. So, um, it, it just felt like the trip was starting off pretty rocky. Or muddy. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, so from that, you know, that point forward, uh, you know, I was like, man, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. So, without a release up in the tree, me and Tyler are hunting. He passes the release <laughs> over, and uh, and uh, this doe comes out. And next thing I know, you know, I was impatient. Tyler, what didn't even have the camera rolling, and next thing you know, I'm shooting a deer way too early uh you know just there's just a lot of 
that what you know weren't going to work out great with the shot and uh and you know i ended up missing that deer um so that doe kinda, that doe was coming quick because like i think like three deer or something came out from the milo to the little cut field right there at like probably 60 yards and then all of a sudden this doe kind of like kicks it and starts running for a second and i'm like all right you you better get ready and i was like you know get ready and so she was at like 30 before i knew it and i should have known better but i was i ranged for anthony uh-huh. and so i had the camera rolling but when i looked up to range i ranged her i said all right she's about 30 right there just so he would have a reference and before i could get back down to my camera he had shot and so since he had my release the first thing i thought was that he had clipped the you know he had hit the trigger on accident because uh-huh. he wasn't used to where it was you know and so i was like as soon as he shot i was like because I, I knew it didn't hit i didn't i wasn't looking at her and i wasn't really seeing her in my camera <laughs> and so I, I didn't i had to hear it but i didn't hear it hit so i was like what happened <laughs> i was like what just happened you know but uh um I, I think it worked out for the better right anthony yeah yeah absolutely and you know i i felt kind of foolish you know i i just rushed a shot and it you know, it was looking back, I, I probably should have just held off, um, you know, at least for a few seconds. And, um, you know, I, I just said, well, you know, it's, it's early and the chances uh, of another deer coming by are pretty high considering the fact that, you know, we had encountered so many deer the night before. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was, I mean, it was maybe an hour later, maybe not even an hour, maybe 40 to 45 minutes when, uh, you know, all of a sudden, um, a couple more deer popped in the field and they started working right toward us. And Tyler was like, Hey, there's this, this doe coming right toward us. Um, and, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to shoot this one. And I, I told him, I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to wait till she's 30 and broadside and you know, everything's going to work out. Well, um, she actually comes up and she sniffs the arrow that I had shot at the first doe <laughs> and, she started to get a little squirrely, but like, you know, she just didn't understand what it was, but obviously there, there was a little human scent on there and she kind of, she trotted off. Well, about the time that I was getting ready to draw as Tyler said, Hey, there's a buck, there's a buck. And I was like, I couldn't see the deer at this point. Just his view was a little different than mine, um, from the stand he was in. And, uh, and I saw the deer and, and I just, I mean, I didn't look for antlers or, or anything at that point. I just, I just wanted to see a body and I wanted to see it coming into my lane. And, and I knew that, you know, the rest of it, if I could shoot well, that, um, you know, it was going to be money in the bank or so I thought, you know, <laughs> um, so it, and, and that little buck, he actually came up and, and sniffed the same arrow, you know, or he sniffed the arrow as well. And, and, um, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, this sucker is at 30 yards. Cause that's where the arrow was. Um, and, and then he started, he, you know, he got a little squirrely as well, but he, he didn't really think as much of it as the doe did kind of started cutting from my left to my right and it got kind of, you know, broadside, but he was still kind of quarter too, but he got right in my lane and it was, you know, if he would have taken another step, he would have been out of my little shooting lane that I had. And, uh, I grunt stopped him. And he just looks straight up in the tree, doesn't have a clue. And, and, you know, I just let it rip from there. Um, you know, sounded good. Um, 
you know, the deer, he actually did like a mule kick. And I was like, man, I've never seen a deer that mule kicked before that like just took, you know, took an arrow and, and ran for forever. Um, you know, so I felt real good about it. And then, uh, you know, Tyler was kind of holding off on, on, you know, showing me the, uh, the footage. He was like, well, I want it to be a surprise. I want it to be a surprise. So, um, you know, I think we gave it probably 30, 30 minutes or so. We went down. And of course, the first thing I, I do is go check the arrow. And, and immediately I was, I was pretty disheartened, um, just cause I found like a lot of bile on, on the arrow. And I was like, man, there's, there's no way, you know, I, I shot this deer, um, really, you know, as far as left and right on, on a quartering two, you know, perfect. Like I, I, I just, I was like, I felt so rock solid about it. And then Tyler starts looking at it. He's like, man, I think you drilled that deer. I think, you know, I think you put it right where you needed to. Um, and finally he kind of, he, you know, reluctantly showed me the, the footage and whatnot. And I'm like, dude, there's no way that deer just off and runs forever. But being that we didn't find a whole lot of blood, uh, you know, I started to, you know, kind of panic a little bit. I was like, man, I'm going to feel like a fool. We already started teasing people. And, you know, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a joke right now. <laughs> yeah, y'all even uh, hashtag BB, BBD'd on that thing. Baby look down. Yeah, baby yeah. look down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I, no, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I'm, I was like, I will never live this down, you know, as far, as long as I live, if we started teasing this thing up. I mean, that's how confident, though, that, that we both felt in, in the shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and from there, you know, we, we kind of were like, well, um, let's run back up to the truck w- real quick. And, um, you know, cause where we thought he had ran was some, some pretty tall CRP and, and it was, I mean, there were spots where it was probably 10 foot high and that's literally no exaggeration, you know? Um, and I was like, man, we're never going to find a deer if he ran that, <laughs> you know, especially if he, if he took it pretty far. Um, but at that point, we decided to do a couple of things. Um, you know, the big thing um, is, is, you know, just using Onyx and, and like, um, I know that played a, a huge part of, you know, pre-scouting and, and you know, kind of what we did once we were on the ground. But, you know, we kind of went back and we said, okay, based on where we thought this deer had, had ran, um, where are the major trails? And so we started kind of backtracking and, and looking that way. And, and we just didn't have any luck. And as a matter of fact, at, at one point in time, Tyler had actually called me over and he said, Hey, I, I found this spot of, uh, it was deer feces, but it was kind of like, it was real soft. And, um, and so we thought maybe that deer had laid down right there and some bile had come out. Um, and, and, you know, from that point we just, you know, everything started to, to kind of run loose and we just didn't know really where this deer could have even gone at that point. Um, so we kind of, we took a break and we, we kind of just sat down we were like, all right, well, what, what can we do? Um, you know, it was getting later and later and Tyler's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and pull these stands down so that we can hunt somewhere else. Cause we've kind of made a lot of ruckus, right? Right in this area. And I said, yeah, no, no worries. Um, and as he did that, um, you know, I think, uh, well, actually even before that Tyler Milo, trying to see if he could drive anything out and uh and i was like well if he bedded in that milo it's going to be a long long day trying to find him um so 
it was funny because Tyler had walked through there and like a couple does had come out the other side, but that was it. And then, you know, I, I decided I was like, well, I'm going to give one walk through here. And it was crazy. I took nearly the same trail that Tyler had taken. And uh, and before I knew it, I see a, a spike jump up and it was the same spike that I'd seen on the uh, on the on the drone. Hmm. And I was like, well, that's not my that's not my deer. <laughs> so from that point, I was like, well, that means that my deer is still somewhere. And, uh, and I, I was just like, I just don't know where, um, you know, Tyler was like, all right, well, I'm going to start pulling these stands down. And I said, you know, I'm going to check one more time. Um, I, I just couldn't, you know, just walk away. And, and I just wanted to, if, if I'm going to lose a deer, it's not because I didn't try to find it. And, and, you know, I was like, I'm going to go look one more time. And, um, you know, I don't know if, if, you know, the Lord just blessed me with, um, you know, good eyesight or finding one speck of blood, but I, I managed to find one speck of blood. And Tyler and I had said earlier, we're like, if we can just find one drop of blood, we can find this deer. And, uh, and I, I said, Hey, Tyler, I found some blood. And he was like, no way. He comes over and, and it starts leading to this main trail into the CRP. And, uh, you know, we went probably 15 yards and, and all of a sudden I said, you know, there's a, there's a Russian olive in the same ditch line that, that our tree was in that we had actually shot the deer from. I said, let's just go ahead and I'm going to walk over here real quick and just make sure he's not laying underneath this tree. Um, and that way we can kind of disqualify that area and, and really focus on going back to the RP. And, and I mean, I walked, I don't know, 15 steps toward that direction and I could just see him laying on the berm right underneath that tree. And, and he had probably been dead within 10 seconds of me shooting him. Dang. Yep. He ran like probably like 60, 70 yards total. That was it. I mean, he was stiff as a board. And I think like a key part of helping us find that deer and just giving us the confidence that this deer was dead was filming it. And I've said it before, I think on the podcast, but like, you know, not everybody can film their, their hunt or whatever. I mean, I guess technically you probably could, but you know, me being able to really be zoomed in on this deer and be able to see where it hit was a big confidence booster. And it was, you know, at the same time it was confusing. And so, uh, there was a lot of confusing things during the the hours that we tracked, you know, but, uh, but it it was kind of confusing that how, how this deer, and I, I knew that, because the, it it entered it entered right on the shoulder, and so like in the when I when he, in the footage when he's running off, I was like, man, I'm pretty sure his shoulders broke. You can see it just kind of him not using it. Even right after he gets hit, when he goes to load up and kick, mm-hmm. he like stumbles right just a touch. You know what I mean? And so I said, well, he's not gonna. It's kind of high. Uh, I mean, it's right where it needs to be, but it, like body wise, it's kind of on the high side on the entrance, and the exit is like in the stomach just just right behind like the last rib and so it's a double lung but i don't think it's going to bleed out that stomach hole really and so you know we're and then it's going to take a long time for the blood to fill up in the cavity so Mm -hmm. it's like he's not going to bleed very much first off and luckily we found blood like 20 yards that's where anthony found blood was from where he shot it probably 20 yards and it was it was right there another thing is that he was looking in the spot that that deer went into the tall grass because we had that deer on video going into that exact mm-hmm. spot. And yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. if you, if you hadn't, if we hadn't have seen that, 
I mean, he could have he could have looked in a ten yard spot, which is pretty narrow lane there to be looking for a deer. If you had an idea like, oh, he's in that ten yard window. I mean, luckily he knew almost exactly that deer went into the grass because, dude, it was. I don't know how he saw it. It took me. It took me like five or six, seven seconds to find the blood when he was like, it's right there. And I'm like, I don't, I can't see it. You know, it's that, it's that like, I don't know if it's Johnson grass or whatever, but it has all the rust colored spots all over it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was the worst, dude. Yeah, that's so So terrible. (laughs) It was uh, the computer, you know, being able to put it on the computer and look at several things and and make assumptions was like a, a big thing for us finding that deer. But man, we were, we were celebrating before and we were celebrating at that point too. It was you know, velvet buck, public land, and like I said, hashtag baby buck down. He wasn't huge, so but he was a velvet buck on public land. Like, how cool is that? Who? There's not many people that can say they've shot a velvet. No, no, it's land awesome. Buck. And that was uh, something I was pretty intrigued by because you, I think you posted a pretty close up shot of the velvet. It looks kind of gross. Is what do, you, Dude, what do y'all think it about is velvet? Like, it's like touching a baby bunny. Oh, is it? Yeah, it feels awesome. So oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was thinking the yeah. same thing. I was like, this stuff always looks nasty. Yeah. And Anthony was like, all right, well, you got to touch it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I put my finger on it, kind of rubbed it, you know, on the back of my finger. Yeah. And, uh, dude, it was so soft. That's cool. Yeah. I kind of I kind of want to make, like, a blanket with that stuff and just, like, <laughs> a roll in it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're going to make a finger blanket it's with like that thing. A, it's a natural supplement. I think uh, they harvest that yeah. stuff for bodybuilding and stuff like that. And, dude, it's perfect for you, Anthony. Yeah. You just started yeah. that regiment and everything, <laughs> yeah. man. Right. right. Anthony looked different uh, from turkey season. He's, he's slimmed been working. up, huh? He's been putting work yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Dang, bro's ready to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Chasing baby bucks. Yeah. So, <laughs> How did y'all end up in this uh like interesting place to hunt that you're talking about like what, what i mean i know that y'all kind of hung in a, a strange tree and that sort of thing like how did you end up there as opposed to something that maybe you thought you would be hunting you know more stereotypical area yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna have to give um <laughs> like all the credit to tyler just um he really put the time in scouting um and and kind of had this you know, this idea that, um, based on the wind and in the terrain and, and where we were at, that like, this was just going to be a good spot to mainly keep mosquitoes off a deer. And, and, you know, it sounds like I'm exaggerating it. And I, I promise you, I'm not like, I've been, I was telling Tyler, I was like, I've been a lot of places in the world. Um, and Africa was one of those places that had really, really bad mosquitoes, but I, I'm pretty sure that where we were, um, was hands down the worst in my life with mosquitoes. And, um, I could see, you know, I could tell a total difference from the time that we hunted other spots to the time that we hunted there, just like how different it was. And, and it was just, there was constantly a breeze. And I think that that kind of helped knock those mosquitoes off. So I think that played a big part of, of why we went, but also, um, you know, based on the ag that, that was located there, um, you know, uh, it was really unknown to me. Um, and I, I guess Tyler, uh, saw it too, but you know, those deer will eat that Milo. Um, and that presented another challenge, you know, um, there's so much corn, um, and so much Milo, uh, that was up there that, you know, really, unless you actually see the deer come out, you may never see, um, you know, see the deer if they didn't want to come out of there. And that may be, you know, one reason why we didn't see any mature bucks or any shooter bucks up there. Um, 
just based on that, you know, they, they've just got so much cover. And I told Tyler, I was like, man, it, it's probably such a different game come November when they start pulling all those crops out. But um, kind of based on, on those things, I, I know Tyler had that kind of marked as an area of interest, mm-hmm. um, you know, going into it. But, yeah, that, that was, I think, the biggest reason why, you know, were those kind of factors right there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I appreciate the credit, man. And I just, you know, you didn't know that you were going until kind of, you know, last second. So I had done a lot of map scouting, had a lot of dots. And, um, you know, I, I had hunted. I got up there pretty much i guess a full day before you did and so and then i'd hunted the first afternoon by myself um and then we hunted you know a morning and an afternoon again together and then um that next morning we had decided you know what we need to go find some deer somehow so let's let's drive um, because, and, and so like it all kind of just, you know, this is the thing I was listening to the podcast I did earlier or last week I was listening earlier mm-hmm. and I was like, man, if, you know, I can tell the things that I didn't know at that point in that trip as well, you know, and, and I wish I had known, but, um, I think one thing was, I mean, like Anthony said, the mosquitoes were outrageous. I mean, everybody I talked to that hunted, uh, the, that was hunting around there, uh, we talked to people in town. We talked to people who are hunting Nebraska that you and I know. Um, and then even the city had it like a warning out, and they were going to spray mosquitoes like while we were up there mm. in the city. And so, um, you know, it was just terrible. It was really bad. And one thing that I found out, uh, we pulled a card the last day, a trail camera, the last day, I think, that had been sitting for two nights. It had um, It had deer at night on it, on a bean field. And every single deer was running. In every video, they were running, and hmm. uh, and shaking their head, just getting yeah. eaten alive, dude. Yeah, it's they it, just don't stay still, huh? No, they can't yeah. stay still. I mean, and I don't know, I don't know if it was, you know, and we when we hung that camera, was, I mean, Anthony will tell you, like while I was hanging it, he just paced back and forth because if you didn't, I mean, it was immediate. You'd have two mosquitoes biting you immediately, and they'd just start getting all over you. So. I mean, it was it was bad, and we we dealt with it, and we put in the you know I said okay, well, we're just going to deal with this because that's what it is. I need to get to some staging timber and find some big bucks. And even we went real far back the, the morning that Anthony lost his all his stuff. We went real far back and got eaten alive and everything else, and saw one little buck. And I just uh, you know I came to the assumption that if we went out, and this was okay, so we talked about original inclination or whatever you called it intuition first instinct first instinct yeah and we ended up killing that buck that anthony killed probably a few hundred yards from where i was going to hunt that first from the first place i wanted to hunt really yeah so and i told you that everybody that listens doesn't know this yet but when i in the last podcast when i pull up to look at that field and i couldn't quite see what was in there it was a fallow field and the um the, the guy we talked to while we were up there who manages um, a different kind of quarry up there had had uh, that whole shelter belt removed. And so it was dozed out. And so there was nothing to hang in or hide in next to that field. And there was no beans in that field like I thought there would be. And so I was just like, and I actually jumped a six point in that Milo that was I was looking at from the truck right there. And so Anyway, the next morning, we went and checked uh, on some beans because we had gotten news that they were in beans. 
And there just wasn't a lot of beans in that area. Like mm-hmm. Anthony said earlier, it was corn and milo, which, I mean, hard to hunt that time of year. And so we tried to find beans. We did find a few beans. And then and then later in that morning, not too late, but later in that morning, we went over to the spot that I had the first intuition. I was like, let's go down a little bit further on the road. And we go down there, and uh, we pull into this little area. And, I mean, I'm talking 100 yards down there by the lake. There was deer. Hmm. And I was like, all right. So I, they yeah. ran off. I put it in park for a second. And then another deer comes across and goes the other way. And it was just like... We sat there for 15 minutes and probably saw eight deer pass between Milo Field and big, tall native grass. Like, there's a little small window there. And they were like 100 yards from us, dude. And That they, was in the morning they were doing that? In the morning. Really? Yeah. And so um, we quickly looked at this situation. I was like, dude, this sets up really good. The wind's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And I think we can set up, if we can set up in that cottonwood and or, and or this Russian olive, we can, I think we can kill deer on that are using those trails right there. And they were basically just, I think, I don't know what kind of, you know, you would call it, what kind of cover you'd call this, but cover from mosquitoes. I mean, they were bedding in the Milo. Mm-hmm. And so more than just a food source and really probably more than a food source in general, they were using the Milo as bedding and they just poured out of right. that stuff the whole time. Yep. And, um, it was crazy. Like they would be standing up and all, and you couldn't see them and they would just all of a sudden just leak out and you'd be like holy yeah. smokes where'd that deer come from <laughs> if, you, if you had the right angle yeah if you had the right angle you might see a head sticking up in the uh-huh. in the milo but but that's about it like i mean you really couldn't see anything if there was a big old buck you might see his antlers but um, yeah we didn't see that so. yeah we came we also came to the conclusion that um we and i and i this sounds this sounds egotistical but i I've hunted, we've, you and I have hunted quite a bit together and yeah. we tend to get all, all of us have hunted together in some sort of, you know, uh, fashion quite a bit. And, you know, Casey and I have pretty much always been able to at least see mature bucks and make, make plays on them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, at least in the last few years that we've been doing this, we have. And so I don't know if that makes us a good hunter necessarily. I'm just saying that we're at least more determined or harder, you know, we're harder about it or whatever than some guys want to be maybe. But we, I, I feel like the things that I did on this trip were as much or more than anything we've done as far as effort and everything and making the right decisions. I felt good about a lot of decisions I made and we didn't see driving or hunting or anything, we didn't see a deer that was maybe, maybe even over a year and a half, but over two and a half for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no, there was just no big bucks, and so I did a lot of research. We talked to some guys a couple nights that were staying in town that hunt there every year for the last seven or eight years, and they were like, uh, "Dude, people, when gun season comes, we've seen people walk from their house out of town down to the lake with rifles on their shoulders and just they just ready to go get their deer and they shoot everything that moves and i think that there's i mean i think there's definitely some good deer there i mean we saw some deadheads from that a guy showed us um but i think there's not a lot of of older age deer there bad age structure for just because of i guess nebraska has a fairly liberal gun season they do and and their i think their management is based um is like a it's an opportunity instead mm-hmm. of a trophy hunters well they produce a crap ton of deer right like there, there sounds like there's everywhere. deer a lot of deer oh, there. 
I mean, we were seeing what we kind of figured was about 10% bucks to does. Yeah. And that 10% is all a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all does that are, are they're hanging with the does. You yeah. know what I mean? They're not bachelored up or anything, mm-hmm. which like Anthony said, his buck that he shot was with a doe. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just, you know, she probably had yeah, him a couple of years ago. Has milk on his lips. And, yes. and I would be willing to say that probably 45% of, of the deer we saw were probably fawns that were, we're just born yep. this year too, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, which is good, but um, at the same point in time, I, I do think, um, from my perspective, I think you know the pressure there is probably great enough that if a deer makes it past two and a half, then you might see them in November in daylight, maybe. You know? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, and that's and that's when rifle season is is November. So, yeah. you know, it's it was a tough thing. Um, we got to the point, like Anthony said, where it was like, you know what, I don't know that there's that many big deer on this property and we don't really have time, gas, money to go looking on different properties an Mm -hmm. hour and a half away or whatever. So we're going to hunt this and it's great habitat. I mean, and I think that's why there's so many deer there and the fawn recruitment looked pretty excellent. I mean, every doe had a fawn with it pretty much or at least one, you know, so, um, it looked like, you know, good production, but would y'all go back there and hunt that place again in September? For me, I wouldn't hunt that particular place, but I'd, I would try Nebraska again. What about yeah. you, Anthony? But I probably wouldn't go there back, uh, you know, in September. But, you know, I might go back there and, and try an October hunt, um, you know, or early November. Um, but as far as an early season hunt goes, I probably would try to find something a, a little bit different, maybe away from some pressure, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another thing that affected the hunt big time um, was that whole area of the U.S. has had a ton of rain this year. And, um, you know, like the, essentially we're hunting on a lake and, and this lake, along with a lot of other lakes in that region, are, um, you know, high as can be. I mean, like way high. And so like you're talking about thousands of acres that are typically like deer habitat and when you look at it the stuff in the bottom is bottomland and river bottomland or whatever it is and the stuff up you know a little bit higher is where they plant crops well now you've taken away almost all the staging timber when all these crop fields are like 200 yards from water um so it's kind of like where you know where the big buck's going to be and so we had trouble finding like you know, a place where I felt like there would be a buck between or on the other side that I could get in between with mm-hmm. him and ag, you know what I mean? So Yeah, that could have something to do with all the the observed deer densities too. You know, the deer mm-hmm. density might not be quite as high, I'm sure it's still right. good, but I mean if you're talking about taking out one third of the deer habitat in that, you mm-hmm. know, drainage or whatever, like you're gonna displace quite a few animals mm-hmm. by doing that. You mm-hmm. know, so it might might have a huge difference. Would you Okay, so this is to both of you, but Tyler, first, um, I guess it's broader for you. Would you go back there and hunt there in November? Um, probably not. Yeah. No, I mean, if it was if it was right before gun season, I'm, I would maybe yeah. do it. But I'm just, at this point, if I'm going to travel that far, I'm probably going to try to find a different situation. Yeah, and that was kind of part B of the question. And Anthony said, you said that you'd go back and try it in november um yeah would you do that would you do that uh instead of one of the other opportunities you might have that's 
That's pretty tough. Yeah. See, yeah. that's the hard. Yeah. That's when it starts getting hard, right? Because we yeah. all have this like idea, like, yeah, I'd like to go back, and then you start like saying, "Is that better than going over so and so?" You know, oh, maybe right. not. I mean, right? you're you're you live in Missouri, so like, how do you leave Missouri in November? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, in 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 all reality, um, Missouri gets kind of tough too because the the gun season here is like right in the middle of the rut, so. Um, you know, typically I would focus a lot of my rut, um, you know, rutcation, if that's what you want to call it, um, over in Kansas, uh, I've got a farm that's probably two hours and 45 minutes from where I live now. And, and it produces some really great deer and, and that's always going to be my first option. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, if I could, in a perfect world, if I could kill a, a buck early in Missouri, you know, you say like early October, and then kill pretty quick, um, you know, in, in Kansas, then I might explore that. But I definitely would not, um, I definitely wouldn't go back for an, an early season September hunt over to that place where we went. It was just, it was pretty, it was pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, man. Yeah. Um, but, and, and now, you know, kind of going back to, you know, the, uh, the question, like, I probably wouldn't go in November if I still had my Kansas tag in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's that's the thing. Is like, if I'm gonna hunt in November, I mean, I I would hunt Texas before I'd go back there. Yeah, you know, like I would rather I'd rather be sitting in a stand in the middle of November or early November uh, on some public around here or whatever. Despite the fact that our rifle season's open, uh, I'd rather be sitting, you know, in a stand here in yeah. Texas, I think, or any other many other places. If uh... You know, with the idea of the mosquitoes being bad uh, out there, um, does that make you want to go to maybe some of the more arid regions, like away from, like, riparian areas? Like maybe go to a place where there's crops, but they're using irrigation from from wells and stuff like that. Man, it's a, it's a, it's a good idea for sure. I just... I just, you know, have trouble thinking that whitetails are going to be you're going to have a lot of effort, you know, yeah. or you're going to match your effort with your results in arid country. I mean, whitetails like to be in river bottoms. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of my perspective on that is I, I would probably, I'd probably try and locate something near water, but I mean, you got to think, um, with as much water as that place has had, and you're talking about just the acreage that it's displaced, that's probably billions of gallons of water, um, that how mosquitoes can, can lay eggs in. And I mean, I kind of joked about this while I was out there, but I said, man, Tyler, these mosquitoes are biting us. Like it's their, you know, first meal ever. And he said, well, it, it probably is. Yeah. It just, it makes sense. You know, it, it just, it makes total sense. You know, there's probably so many mosquitoes out there, you know, and they're all completely, and, and I, mean, I mean, not not to exaggerate again, but like we saw clouds of mosquitoes hanging out over ag fields, like it was mm -hmm. it was pretty crazy. Um, and so I think when you talk about the amount of water that was there, um, it's just a perfect storm for for that situation. But I would I would hunt, you know, I'm okay with with mosquitoes, but that was just to the point where it was like you you kind of start to panic when you get bitten that many times. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, I mean. There, it was, you know, I hate to do this. I don't, I don't want to do this because I didn't feel like it was, I don't know. I feel like every hunt that I do that's somewhat difficult, 
it makes me tougher, you know, I guess. But, um, I, and everybody comes back from this, some hunt out West or whatever and says, oh, it was a tough time, but we got it done or, or vice versa. We, it was a tough time, but we just, you know, we were, we we're close. We didn't get it done. And I mean, it's always like hunting is tough sometimes, you know what I mean? But this hunt is just, I guess is just a, a general, you know, public announcement here that a hunt in early September, um, you know, where we were at is, is a pretty tough hunt for, for a few reasons. And so if any of these reasons are things that you really dislike, you might want to rethink hunting like this. <laughs> uh, you may want to stay in November or you may want to stay in, in state or whatever, but you know, there's the, there's the bugs that we had, uh, not to, not to exclude flies that were uh, pretty rampant as well. And then, um, you know, I camped or we both camped and, uh, I camped Tuesday till Saturday night, Tuesday night, all the way to Saturday night without a shower. I didn't have a shower the whole time. I mean, I took water and like did a couple of shampoo baths, uh, with the no scent shampoo or whatever, like just, you know, here and there and splashed my armpits and everything. But like, I mean, I, we were hunting a lot. We were hunting the whole time. You know how I hunt. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we, we didn't have a whole lot of time just to like sit around and take naps and do that and, you know, shower and bathe and everything. And so, um, anyway, there's, there's that factor because we camped, there's the setting up the tent every night on a WMA, um, because you don't want it to get stolen. So you don't leave it out there, you know, right next to a parking area on a WMA. So you have to set your tent up every night. Um, then there's the long days. So, I mean, I don't think we went to bed before 10 the whole, the whole trip. And no. the night that Anthony got stuck, it was like midnight. Oh no. And we got up at four 30 the next morning. Oh no. So, I mean, you, it's a, it's a, it's a drain you. And also, uh, we had one day, most of the days were okay, but one day it was 97 as a high, mm-hmm. which is like Texas heat. And it was not super arid in that area. Um, and, uh, w- so when you when you lay down to sleep, um, it's pretty warm, and you're sitting there, and it's not wind. It's not windy. It had been 97 earlier in the day. I mean, there are a lot of things that made this hunt that could make this hunt uncomfortable for a guy. I had a blast. I tend to have just I don't know. I wrote a I wrote an article for a guy one time uh, about you know being a traveling hunter, and I think it, a lot of it just boils down to how tough you you know how tough are you? Uh, do you want to be tough? And if you don't uh, be, want to be as tough as what I did, I guess, and that's fine. Go get a hotel and spend some money. But personally, I don't have the money to spend on a hotel up there for five nights or whatever it was. So just some things to think about, I guess, generally for a guy who may be going, man, that'd be cool. You know, even, even just to go up there and shoot a doe or, you know, have a shot at a, a young velvet buck or whatever. Um, and it, and it is cool. Uh, but just make sure that like you don't get up there in day two, which, day two like day three i think was 97 Mm -hmm. and i wanted to give up after that i was i was ready to give up and luckily we had a cool front come in the next morning felt a lot better and i think that was actually the the morning we saw all the deer yeah and made game plan for the next couple of hunts so yeah anyway that's cool man anthony you got any overarching things that you kind of learned from the trip man um first uh, nebraska has a ton of deer so if, if you are looking for opportunity um, I, I would definitely say, you know, go try it. Um, you know, kind of like Tyler was saying, it, it may not be for everybody, but 
you know, all in all, it was, it, it was a tough hunt at, in a different perspective than, you know, it, it's, it's going to be obviously not as tough as going to the Gila for eight or nine days and, you know, carrying everything you own. Um, and I've done those kind of hunts. So, you know, I know that, but as far as like mentally testing yourself and going out and saying, man, I'm going to endure this heat and, and the bugs and, and, you know, not seeing a lot of bucks, if that's kind of what you're after, then, you know, it's. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> great. Yeah. Ticks, chiggers. I got so many chigger bites right now. I don't even, yeah. it's not even funny. Um, yeah, me too. So, okay. So you went, um, wait, do you have anything else to finish off here? I'm not cutting you off, am I? Oh, no, no. I'm, you know, I'm just going to say it's a, it's a great opportunity if a guy wants to go out, but you know, um, that's that's pretty much it and then you yeah. know just put your homework in so yeah you could kill a deer for sure i mean there's no doubt in my mind there's just there was so many deer you could like, kill a deer in the first night right oh i had yeah and, and the video uh has released um at, by the time you guys listen to this but um i mean i should have killed i had two six points one velvet one hard horn under my stand at four yards you know oh that's I terrible mean, yeah and they were just <laughs> dude they were in a spike as well in velvet yeah. and they were chasing uh does around yeah. and grunting and stuff it was awesome so go watch that video but uh yeah i mean and i i was like you know what i hope i don't regret passing that deer but i just didn't know enough at that time yeah. that i wasn't i mean when you see that, like the first afternoon that you hunt, yeah, sure. Then you think, okay, well, surely I can find an eight point somewhere. Yeah. You know, that was one of my questions for y'all. Was and I understand, like, you know, Anthony's buck is is a great like achievement, but mm. as, far, as far as like trophies go, right? Like the way <laughs> the world sees them, it's not a trophy, right? Yeah. So, like, was it? How hard was it to like? Uh, change your expectations from like I'm gonna go try to find a mature buck to hey it's legal deer time you know was that was that hard to do did it take a couple days or did that you know and and were y'all each of you different on that go ahead yeah, I, I, I think we were uh, a little different um, kind of my perspective you know is this um, I, I made this trip up here and, and more than anything else like I really just wanted to I wanted to deer hunt in a time that I don't typically get to. I mean, our season here opens September 15th, so it's not like, you know, it's not like a month or so till I get to hunt. But, um, you know, I'm actually making a transition uh, over to active duty. I'll actually be there probably by the time this podcast gets out. And um, and so I really don't know what my hunting schedule is going to look like um, for me this year. And really the expectation, I told Tyler this, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and go somewhere and kill a mature buck. You know, that's, that's a given, you know, like that's what I want. And, and, you know, kind of from there, I, I just said, if, if that happens, awesome. Um, if not, you know, I'd, I'd like to at least be able to take some meat back home. Um, you know, not that the tag is just overly expensive, but you know, you, you put, you know, time and money into it. You kind of, you want to come back with something. And then of course the wife, she uh she just thinks you know hey you ought to be able to kill something every time you go hunt she's like you didn't get your deer so um, so i didn't want her busting my chops on that either (laughs) but um but no i i think you know from from a realistic standpoint um you know after the first two days i felt like we had seen a pretty good amount of of the place that we were going to be able to hunt and uh 
I just, I was like, man, I'm not seeing the buck activity that I expected to see. You know, I would have, I told Tyler, I said, you know, for us hunting as much as we have and and seeing as much as we have, I would have expected to at least see a 120, you know, like, um, and, and I felt like that wasn't unrealistic and, and that just didn't happen. So, um, from there I told Tyler, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to shoot a doe and and it kind of all worked out where I ended up shooting a, a real young buck, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I mean, it was just an awesome trip and, and Tyler and I had a really great time and, and, um, you know, didn't know that we were going to end up hunting together the whole time. And that was really cool that we did because it had been quite a few years since we'd done that. And, um, you know, that was the first deer that I actually killed with Tyler in the stand. So there was a lot of really cool things that, um, just make the experience more than what people are going to see. Yeah. And, uh, that's really what matters to me. And, and, and if people don't get that, like, Hey, I totally get it. Like your standards may be different and, and that's awesome. But for me, um, my trip felt really complete and it probably would have felt good, you know, whether I killed a deer or not, but it just was the icing on the top that, you know, coming home and just thinking, man, I got, I got a deer and a tag punched and most people, um, you know, don't even do this, you know, for at least another two weeks to a month. And, um, you know, actually just cause I'm so busy, I didn't really have time to, to handle the meat myself. So I dropped it off at the processor this morning and they're like, well, um, you win first deer of the year award. That's so. cool. <laughs> that is cool. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, we had, man, yeah, that's a, that's a big part. Like, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. You and I had some good, con- really great conversations, man. And, like, you know, I remember uh, especially one midday we had some really good good uh, conversation, man, and just got to, uh, you know, catch up, man. And that's, that's, that's the cool thing about just kind of finding a state that you both can get to, you know. I mean, if you got a buddy that lives across cross country or whatever, just find a state and meet them there, and, and you get to see them, you know, and, I think that's a that's a good part of it you know um it's funny that you are interesting maybe not funny probably not funny to you at all but that you mentioned that that was the first deer that you actually killed with me in the stand because that's not the first deer you've shot with me in the stand right no no um <laughs> there's a little you backstory know, here yeah your listeners should be pretty well acquainted with uh frankenstein or or frank for short um i actually i had a had a couple run-ins with that deer and so it was bitter you know bittersweet the way it all ended but like i was the sweet part was that like my good buddy you know harvested that deer and he's a freaking ancient deer (laughs) and then the the bitter part was that i had him at 40 yards and hit him high in the shoulder yeah yeah um, but it's it's kind of funny um you know, I think going back to it, um, that, that deer, that Frank, when I shot him, that was like one of our very first sits together in a, I think it may have been our very first sit ever was it together in, in, a, in a tree stand. I'm pretty sure. And, um, and, and I didn't shoot him the first night. It was the second night, but it was still the first time I had ever, um, you know, done anything with you. We had mm. filmed some stuff, but I'd never hunted in a tree with you before. And, um, and then it took, you know, you know, however many years till, till this year before I actually kind of filled a tag with you in the tree filming. So it was, uh, it's kind of full circle, you know? And, yeah. And well, the last time you and I sat in a stand together, we saw Frank. Yeah. Right? Yeah, before, we did. So, until this one, until this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, 
it was it was getting late December, and, and Tyler and I had already decided because I want to say it was like is toward like the the twentieth day or something of December, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. It's the twentieth, yep. And, and um, we we both said, well, we're going to give this one more shot, and and we were like really hopeful because uh, Frank had been showing up like really consistent, like almost you know every day at the same time, and so um, we kind of got a little complacent. Um, and that time it went by and I think like an hour had gone by and it was, we knew that, that this was going to be the last hunt. Um, and, and we sat there and we were like, well, it's over. And we started joking around and talking. As a matter of fact, I think we were talking about elk hunting or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and next thing I know, um, you look, you look back behind us and you're like, don't move. It's Frankenstein. <laughs> And by the time, you know, by the time you said that, uh, he had already seen us because we'd been loud and just joking around like a bunch of fools and he took off and, uh, and that was probably like, that was like, well, that was your season. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was, he was literally at 20 yards when I saw him, oh but, my. but he had seen us already, which was real cool. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping to not have a situation like that again, uh, even yeah. though Casey and I can crack up in a stand. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, dude, another good thing about that deer that you shot, uh, cause you mentioned a, a real young buck, you know, it was a real young buck is that I'm pretty sure that you, didn't use a knife to get the tenderloins out. Is that correct? <laughs> that is that is actually correct. Oh, just <laughs> fell right out. Mm, That's yeah, pretty so, incredible. So I, I, I pretty much, um, you know, I, I, Tyler and I was like, man, how do you think I need to do this? And he's like, I'd probably just go with the gut, gutless method. And I was like, yeah, I think that's probably what I'll do. And uh, so I start kind of doing that. And, and, you know, one, I was just getting mauled by flies at that point. <laughs> but you know i'll take that over the mosquitoes any day but uh anyhow i was i was doing that and i i told tyler um i said well uh here i'm gonna, I'm gonna get the tenderloins out real quick you want to see how i do this and uh i started feeling up in there and i could just feel it kind of slip out and i was like like well i'm just gonna pull this sucker right out then so i just slid my my fingers kind of over the top of the tenderloin over the the rib cage or where the rib cage meets the spine and and it just basically i used my finger and just ran it across and it just disconnected oh boy I was like <laughs> i was like i was like i was like oh man and so then i just reached my hand back in there and and you know kept grabbing and slowly pulling and grabbing and slowly pulling until i got to the origin of it and it just pulled right out like i mean literally less than five pounds of pressure i would imagine it's awesome dude man you know this is kind of a little bit off so but you you mentioned earlier that you know we're talking about how this hunt is difficult in in its own way and you've done some difficult hunts um and i think i know which one you're alluding to uh i guess you've done a couple of sheep hunts one as a hunter and one as a videographer um i guess let's talk about the one as the hunter more than anything um like what are the what are the difficulties that you would deal with on a hunt like that where you might not have mosquitoes in hot weather as much that uh make a hunt like that difficult i guess i'm just i'm just curious as to what the difficulties are in a hunt like that because this is the time of year that i kind of want to be in the mountains you know yeah yeah sure <laughs> uh well um there's there's a lot because those, those hunts require like just a lot of logistics in, in a way, um, you know, cause you're going to live on your back. And, and obviously I followed along with 
you know, your backcountry miniseries and everything, and you had some some awesome guests that kind of, you know, some of that stuff I, I had to kind of learn, you know, as I listened to the series, and some of it I had kind of already, you know, used in the past. Um, but a hunt like that, man, so um, the hunt you're referring to where I was a hunter, it was actually an, an unlimited sheep tag. And I'm not going to say where at because I'm, I plan on going back and, and kind of figuring that out. But um, it was – there was so – kind of uh, to give a little backstory, I actually put in for the tag not knowing that I was putting in for an unlimited unit. It's kind of just a, a rookie rookie mistake, right? And then one day I'm sitting at the house and this, this envelope shows up and it says, congratulations, you've drawn tag such, such, and such um, here in Montana. And I'm like – about to pee down my leg because I was so excited. And uh, so I, I, I basically, at that point, start doing my research and, and looking at the map and kind of getting going and, and contacting biologists and just all these things that you would try and do to be successful. You know, so some of the challenges that, that you face are, you know, for us, for instance, like when you go into the backcountry in Montana, it, it might take, you know, one storm and you may not e- ever even get out of the valley um, with your vehicle because, you know, I think, uh, you know, a couple of years back, Montana got hit so hard with snow that like five feet fell overnight. And there were just guys that just could not get back out. And, you know, trucks and trailers had to stay in the valley until spring. And, and so that's pretty crazy on its own. Yeah. And, and then you're talking about, you know, what you're going to do for water and, and what you're going to do for food and, and how you're going to sleep and how you're going to deal with grizzlies and, and just all these different things that you don't think about as, as a whitetail hunter, you know, and, and especially, you know, trying to figure everything out on your own. You, you dealt with grizzlies time. some, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, so we, we saw, we had an encounter with a, a mom and, and two cubs and she was about, um, you know, four miles or so from where we were camped out. And so we, that, that's kind of eerie, but you know, it's not like, Oh, well I'm sleeping here. But then, um, as we were packing up camp, uh, or we were going to go scout one night and literally, um, you know, 75 yards from camp, we found a big pile of bear scat and we were just like, Oh man. And it was pretty fresh. So that kind of kept us up at night. I just did not sleep the same. Um, you know, after that, just real light sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, so that's always a concern. And, and then fortunately for us, we, we actually had, um, you know, a little bit of runoff from, uh, you know, some snow melt and stuff like that. So, um, water, we were actually able to find pretty well. And, and we kind of used, uh, a couple different methods. Uh, like I would carry a life straw and, and just drink. I basically had a little tin cup and I would just, as I was, somewhere if i was next to a creek i would stop and dip out some water in my cup and just drink it through my life straw right then and there just to get water in my system pretty quick um and then uh you know purifying water and and i always kind of have this saying that two is one and one is none so i try to have a couple different methods for purifying water if i can Mm -hmm. um you know and and just um just long days on your feet man like you know especially in that country it's you know there's unless you have horses you're just not going very far very fast so um you know just a lot of a lot of miles spent um spent walking and a lot of time spent you know spent sitting down glassing and 
and trying to locate, um, you know, a legal ram. And so, um, at the end of the day, it, it was one, another one of those experiences that like, I'm, I'm, it sucked, but it was also so much fun. Um, you know, like the, the long walks were not fun, but, mm. but, you know, the camping aspect and, and being with good people, it, it, that's really fun. And, and then just the thought that like, man, I've got a, I got a sheep tag in my pocket yeah. and I'm, I'm hunting sheep right now. So, um, that's kind of a, a really cool feeling as well. Um, but definitely, definitely really challenging. And again, I would, I would say like, if you're interested in, in, in that kind of stuff, like give it a go, but just know like, you, you know, if you aren't ready, the mountains will, will let you know really quickly. So. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, um, kind of, kind of coming to the conclusion here a little bit, you know, you, you've been in the military for, for quite some time now. What, um, what do you feel like on some of these hunts that are tough like this, what do you feel like, uh, is one of the biggest things that you've learned from, from military life that, that is most advantageous for you, uh, going into some tough hunts like this? And I I would just say to, you know, never quit. Um, obviously having a positive attitude, like helps a ton and, and everybody can get down. Um, but just not quitting and just knowing that like, you know, what you do right now matters for the future. And, you know, if, if you, if you give up, like you're never gonna, you're never going to reach that reward. So like something that I've always heard said, and, and maybe it's not so common, but like, um, you know, the gold pot or, or what you really want or desire in life is, is on the far side of adversity. Um, and, and I believe that like a hundred percent. So, um, you know, if you quit just one second early, you never know, um, the big buck or that big bull or that sheep or, or whatever, whatever it is, or, or just anything in life. You just never know if that, if you're going to achieve it, if you quit just even a split second early. So like, mm-hmm my advice is just like never quit and just be tenacious, you know? Yeah. it's um, good. I believe the so. night that you shot Frankenstein, we were, um, we were uh, about to quit because of the no seams, right? Yeah. 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 We, we really were. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's just, I think you, you told me, you said, Hey, um, let's, let's stay here for three more minutes. If we don't see anything in three minutes, we'll get out of here. And, and it's funny. Um, when we saw Frank come out and, and I was getting ready to shoot him, I don't remember a no see him at all at that point. You know? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, er, everything changes, uh, in, in a split second. And, you know, that's one reason why even after I lost my release and my, my range finder, like, you know, it sucked, but, um, it is what it is. And you, you just drive on. Right. And like, I didn't want, I didn't want that to like sour, you know, your expectations or like, you know, what you were hoping to do. And, and so, um, we found a workaround and, and you know what, it was like, I think it was for the best cause we both got to sit there and, and hunt together, you know? So yeah, for sure. Um, it, it turned out, but yeah, I just be tenacious. Um, don't quit. Uh, and just like put yourself, um, one thing that I try and do is just put myself in, in a really positive mindset and like zone into that mindset mm-hmm. and like, just forget <clears throat> everything else even exists. Um, and if you can do that, um, it, it's, you almost have to be borderline crazy, I think, but if you can do, if you can do that, like you're going to find success. Yeah. Well, dude, I'll try to remember all that when it's 17 and blowing about 
35 in Kansas this this winter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Y'all try to remember those words of wisdom. Uh, KC, you got anything else, man? No, nah, man, it's just really cool. I'm glad. I'm like super happy that y'all were able to uh, go up there and, and Anthony shoot a deer, both of you there, uh, and you know deal with the adversity, and it's awesome. And uh, I hope that next year I'm able to make that sort of a trip. I don't know which one it's going to be, but uh, I would like to be hunting whitetails mm-hmm. in September because it looked like, I know it stunk, but it looked like a ton of fun, well, too. it could have been better. I mean, as far as easier, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, for one, I think it was like, uh, you know, mosquito flock of the century or whatever, for one. And then, you know, so like maybe there'll be less. And then you also got, um, you know, uh, possibility that it's not going to be 97 one of the days that we're up there next <laughs> yeah. year and then you know also if you want to stay in a hotel you know you can split that kind of thing two or three guys pretty cheap you yeah. know or whatever so um, that makes things a lot easier getting showers it just makes you feel better and mm-hmm. having a place to store your gear and stuff you know and not have to put a tent up at 10 o'clock at night so all of that factors in man for sure um, Anthony man I appreciate you hopping on the phone with us and doing this tonight um it, I don't know if you, you know, you don't really have any skin in the game as far as I know, but if you want to, uh, if you want people, I know you've got a really good Instagram profile. If people haven't listened to the, the first round, uh, go around with us from the spring, uh, how do they find you on Instagram, man, or wherever else you want to send them? Yeah, um, they can find me at awarn underscore imagery and, uh, you know, check it out. I, I don't post as much as I used to. Um, but, uh, you know, I like to, I like to think that I've got some decent stuff on there. So sure you um, do. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to reach out on there, um, I, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody. I love meeting new folks and, um, you know, talking to people. So, um, yeah, if you go there, you can find my stuff and reach out and say, Hey, cool. We'll put the, uh, we'll put your handle in the, in the, uh, show notes. Sorry. Uh, and so if anybody's interested, go check that out. Also, we've got, uh, we're gonna be releasing videos from this series, at least two probably. Um, so, uh, maybe three. So I'm going to try to have those done before we go to the Gila, which if you're listening the first day or two, that's coming up real quick here, like this weekend. (laughs) Um, so hopefully those, all the, all of this footage will be out um before we go to the gila and when we on the on the way back from the gila kc and i will pick a winner of the vortex binoculars and i think we're gonna get to give away the exodus trail camera if they get after it they will it's it's grown a lot yeah i would really like to get 299 reviews yeah honestly i really we need another (laughs) camera Uh, but if we get to the 300 we're giving away the camera that's right but we will keep it at 299 believe me (laughs) so you better get that last review in there that's right so go go uh, give us reviews on on uh the apple podcast platform and you are in the running for the trail camera the vortex binoculars and any of the swag uh uh, that we're going to give away, which are just shirts. And uh, we might give away a sweatshirt. I know they're expensive, but we'll, we might give one away. Uh, they're pretty cool. Um, so anyway, if you don't think you're lucky and you can't win one of those things, you can buy those shirts online Perfect. at theelementwild.com. Um, so anyway, go check all that out. Go check out the uh, videos. I'll try to link to whatever we have released at this point. Uh, and hopefully, if you uh, do see that video, you get to see a big smile and Anthony on there shooting a shooting a nice little velvet buck with the uh, tender tenderloins mm, nice <laughs> so anyway um again anthony thanks man and thank you guys for listening i hope you're gearing up for deer season and remember this is your element <laughs>
live in it. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.